Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Mike Kapler here, along with Joel Brzezinski and the Growing in Grace podcast, heard worldwide in multiple countries. Joel, I was surprised to see, and I can't remember if we talked about this. I know we talked about some of your stats regarding what music our listeners tune into oh, yeah. on <laughs> on their podcast or on their yeah podcast app or whatever it may be, Pandora or Spotify, but. Uh, I was surprised to find out outside of the United States, the uh, country where we had the most listeners. Do you remember that? It's not in front of me, so I have a very bad memory. Was it Australia? Nigeria. It was. Yes, Australia. Yes. Yeah. Followed by Nigeria. I thought it might be California. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that uh, country out there on the... On the left coast of America. Yeah, yeah, it's way out there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we do hear from people all over. I, uh, here's a comment we got recently. Uh, this was on my own personal Facebook page. Um, Laura says, uh, thank you guys so much for these podcasts. Love how you keep them short and concise. Forwarding this one to a couple of people who are open to this message. And that was uh, our podcast from a few weeks ago, Freedom from a yoke of bondage, law and commandments. So thank you, Laura, for that comment. And then um, another one, I think I forwarded this to you. I got to find it here. Uh, but it was from somebody else who was thankful to, to have found the podcast. Someone named Morgan. Happy to have found this podcast. Praise God. I talked to many people who have trouble separating law and grace. Your commentary helps me find the words to explain it. So I like that comment, too, because um, a lot of times we're, in a sense, um, teaching, um, we're explaining the gospel, you know, law versus grace and all that kind of thing, and um, helping people to learn new things. In this case, it seems like this person knows what we're talking about, but is saying that what our words do is help them to find the words to explain it. And I think, so I think that was a really neat comment there uh, from somebody on uh, my Grace Roots page. So by the way, you can connect with us on Facebook. Uh, it's a page called Grace Roots. So you can go on Facebook and search for Grace Roots and you can find the page where we post the the podcast there and and a whole bunch of other stuff on there too. Yeah, so there's always new new people finding us out there. And the cool thing about it is you don't have to just start and pick up with us from right here on in. You can get to know us a little bit better and some of the things we've been talking about over the last 17 years by going to uh, the growingandgrace.org website and finding all the past programs there, starting with the newest ones first. And right. if, if it's helpful, I mentioned this before, you've got that little search button on the right. If there's certain things you want to look for, you might be able to punch something up. Um, but boy, we've covered a lot of ground in 17 years. <laughs> and by the way, I think, you know, we record these a little bit in advance, let's say. So this one, this episode will be for January 29th and we're very close to 18 years. You know, next week, well, not, that we're, not that we're necessarily going to do a whole big celebration on it, but, um, <laughs> it still blows me away that, 
we did this even one year, never mind coming on uh, 18 years here. But we do have a vast array, almost 900 podcasts uh, that you can go back. And they're all there at growingandgrace.org. So have yourself a, a, a grace feast over there if you want to. Uh, search for a topic we might have uh, talked about and... Uh, hopefully, it's something that you can also, like this other person, pass along to other people who are interested in this kind of thing. Very exciting. Well, uh, Joel, let's let's dive into it this week. Um, there are a, a lot of things that we talk about that we address either here on the program, sometimes on social media, which you know I don't really like to do because I, I feel like social media for me, um, as effective as it can be, it can also be ineffective <laughs> because it's just hard to get into um, some of the, the deep truths regarding the gospel in just a, a few paragraphs. Um, it's so much easier just to talk, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, especially when there's so much back and forth that can take place and, and pretty soon you're both just spitting into the wind when you're <clears throat> trying to make your points. Um, but there's a lot of false assumptions out there. And I, I would factor, I would assume maybe, I'm assuming something here. Now, this could be a false <laughs> assumption on my part. <laughs> or true. <laughs> but I'll, or it could bet, be a true assumption. 80% of what we end up addressing in one way, shape, or form uh, is uh, based upon the many false assumptions that are out there about God, uh, the, the Bible, uh, the gospel, the things in the pages that we call scripture. Uh, there's just so many things out there that people assume to be true, and it's a big part of their Christian fabric, their mindset. And when they hear something that might be opposed to what they have assumed, uh, number one, the spirit within them is going to give them a little nudge that says you need to check into this, and they may start looking into it and then finding out if what they believed all these years is really true or if there's something else going on. Uh, then there's uh, the people who just won't let go. Um, and maybe they shouldn't, but many times we, we find with false assumptions anyway, that people will just cling to them because they have assumed so strongly that what they believed is part of the gospel message, part of the the the, tr- the ultimate truth that revolves around Jesus Christ, and and they are going to do everything they can to defend their position. Um, what a lot of people I don't think realize, as long as <laughs> it's it's tough to get old, but as long as you and I have been believing many of these things that we talk about on the podcast, because. Uh, as we mentioned before, it's been close to 18 years that we've been doing the podcast and nearly a decade before doing the podcast that we began to see a lot of things differently, both Joel and I, around the same time. Um, so many of the things we talk about, uh, when people want to disagree with us on it, usually, usually uh, what they're trying to tell us is something we used to believe. <laughs> right. So, so mm-hmm. we're usually quite familiar with their perspective. Yeah, that is true. That often, very often, people are not kind of uh, catching us off guard, so to speak, with with what they say to us. Because indeed, in our religious past, we've believed a lot of these things. And it's not that we are saying that we're better than anybody else. That uh, we ended up coming across a revelation of the truth of what we see as the truth. Now, it's not saying that at all. It's just that now that we have seen the truth. The truth has helped us to be free, and we want to share that truth 
uh, with others so that they can be free. We're not really trying to argue with other people so that we can appear right, but we want other people to see that. And, and it does help, I think, that we did once have these beliefs. There's one, this isn't something we plan on talking about, and I won't get into it too deep, but I remember <laughs> when I was younger, new Christian, I helped take part, I, I took part, some fr- a group of friends and I would go to a nursing home, and we would sing uh, to the residents. And afterwards, we would go and um, talk to some of them, whoever stuck around and wanted to talk. And one of them, I just remember this conversation, she insisted that God helps those who help themselves is a Bible verse. It's in the scriptures. God helps those who help themselves. And in my youth, I remember kind of arguing with her. I was trying to be nice, but saying, no, that's not That's not in the Bible. That's not what the Bible actually says. Yes, it's in the Bible. It's a Bible verse. She was, ins- <laughs> she was insisting that God helps those who help themselves. And I didn't know it at the time, but I had heard the phrase, but I didn't know it. But um, I, apparently, I'm assuming that this is true, assumptions here, that um, it, it, the quote came from Ben Franklin, and that's, that's what I've heard anyway, but it's not actually in the Bible. But some people, again, will insist that something that they have heard, something that they've been taught their entire life, or even that they were taught many, many years ago, they've just always believed it. They will insist that it's true without actually looking at the actual scriptures to, to see if it's true or not. Interesting, isn't it? So in the weeks ahead, we're going to be addressing some uh, commonly held false assumptions out there, at least uh, from our perspective. And that's really all we're doing here, right? As Joel said, we we haven't cornered the market on a complete truth. <laughs> Nobody right. ever has. But we can talk these things out and come to some conclusions with the help of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. He'll help us. He, he's our helper. <laughs> he's whether, our helper. Whether we help ourselves or not. Um, right. He's the helper. He's the help. And, God uh, helps the helpless. <laughs> and sometimes we're so helpless. Hey, no. <laughs> yes. I mean, we've gone this far into the show, and we haven't even mentioned a classic TV yet. Oh so, man. You know that that that's God helping us. We right should there. be we should be convicted of that. I, <laughs> thanks for thanks for convicting me of that. What? Well, that that is something. I, I think that is something that we will get into. What, what I would like to get into this week is this assumption that believers in Christ must continuously confess all their sins in order for God to forgive them again. First um, John 1 9. That's it's it's amazing how many people cannot remember Bible references when they want to go to quote something. Uh, I mean there's there's some real popular ones, John 316, for example, you know, stuff like that. Um, but maybe one of those is first John 1 9. People always say, well what about first John 1 9? For example, Joel, I, I posted something um, last month that, got, and here it is, it's short. Uh, God can't repeatedly forgive what he declared he would not remember or count against you. The religious business operates as if the cross never happened. Well, uh, inevitably, somebody wrote and said, how do you reconcile that line of thinking with First John 1, 9? And a couple of people did that because they didn't read the all the comments that were in the post. So somebody else would say, hmm, hmm, First John 1, 9 is written <laughs> to believers. So this is a false assumption. And we'll take a few minutes here with the time we have left this week to address it and uh, do it again next week if we need to. Yeah, because I also posted something um, 
on the day that we're recording this, that it's helpful if we look at things, if we understand some of the customs, uh, some of the times, some of the things that were happening in the days uh, that a lot of these epistles were written, such as 1 John. Uh, When John wrote that letter, uh, he was addressing something that was going on in the church that he was writing to, and it's something that we don't necessarily understand without knowing that context. But if, if you just look at the beginning of this letter, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, I'm starting right at the beginning of First John, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested. We have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, if you you can easily skim by that and go, oh, yeah, hey, it's great. He's, he's making sure that people understand that, yeah, Jesus Christ really came and, and, that, and that's great. But it, he's actually making a deeper point there because there were people in the audience there that did not believe that Jesus had come in the flesh. And they also uh, had this thing in their, the, a belief called Gnosticism, where they believe that the spirit is completely good, but matter is completely evil. And so based on that assumption <laughs> of theirs, of these Gnostics, uh, some of them concluded that if God was truly good, he could not have created the whole material universe. Some lesser God had to have created it. And also, since all matter was evil, it didn't matter what they did with their bodies. And so they were sin deniers. They denied this this reality of sin. And so John wasn't just writing a generic greeting to them, but he was addressing this right from the beginning. And so when we get to something like verse 8 in First John, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. It helps us to understand wh- what he was saying. There were people who were saying they have no sin. There were people who were denying that sin was an issue. So he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So there were people who were denying that they had sinned. A believer is not somebody who denies that they have sinned. They've come to Christ because they've they've understood that there was a sin problem. Paul said that sin entered the world through one man and death through sin because all sinned. And that was the problem. And so they've come to Christ because Christ is the one who took care of the problem by his death and resurrection. And so John is not addressing believers here. He's talking about sin deniers. He's talking about those who deny that Christ has come in the, in the flesh. And so he's saying, if you continue on with this denial of sin and that Jesus came in the flesh, then you're denying the reality of this Savior. So he's wanting them to come to the truth, the knowledge of the truth that Jesus did come in the flesh, that sin was an actual problem. And so then, if they will acknowledge this, which is what that word confess really means, if they'll acknowledge that and understand that it's true, then they can come to Christ and have all the things that Christ provided through his physical coming as a man and his death and resurrection. Well, first of all, um, let me just reiterate the, the great point you made there about the word confessed. It really means to acknowledge, to agree with. Um, so that's important. 
Um, and, and something we need people to try to do that we've, um, you know, kind of preached on over the years is to back away from the verses so you can see mm-hmm. the greater context here, which I'll get into with John here in just a minute. But th- these things, we write to you that your joy may be full. As you said, I mean, John starts out the letter, he doesn't say who he's writing to, but he starts out talking about this critical thing about Jesus really came. We touched him. We held him. We're bearing witness about this. Uh, We've seen him with our eyes. He really did come. He's talking to people who were either denying that he came or questioning that he came. Uh, And and so John is saying, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you may also have fellowship with us. So the implication there is he's writing to some people with whom he does not have fellowship with because of the way they're thinking about this. And then he says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, but yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So we got people here uh, who John is looking forward to having fellowship with, but doesn't, uh, talking to people who are liars and do not practice the truth. And as you said, deny that there's even sin. We're making him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us if we say that we have not sinned. Uh, Which is a, a different thing, by the way, than sin having been taken away by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's another issue. Um, but this First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Joel, I'm not a scholastic genius. I My grades in school, I didn't try very hard. <laughs> and, and so um, I had to kind of survive throughout my life on common sense. I feel like I'm, I, I've re- received the spiritual gift of common sense. <laughs> and, uh, Not more people need that. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's the one thing I feel I can boast about uh, within myself. Uh, and he says here that, I mean, stop, stop. Let's turn on the common sense button here for just a second. No other Bible verse tells us this. Not one. That's that's a concern right there, right? I mean, that should send up some red flags. Paul, who wrote the majority of the books in the New Testament, he said zero about such a thing. Now, he does talk about forgiveness and, and getting saved and being forgiven, but it has nothing to do with repeatedly admitting your faults and asking God to forgive you over and over and over again, as we've talked about many times on the program, forgiveness comes one way. And it was this way under the old covenant, too, before Jesus came, and that is through blood. The blood of the animals in the old days, they couldn't couldn't take away sins. This blood from the Lamb of God did take away sins. And so it doesn't come down to this. And here's the other common sense factor, the other side of that coin, is you can't remember them all. Every single thought, listen carefully to what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, right? Every single thought and action, even whether you're aware of them or not, um, you can't keep up with the sinful activity. And so when you begin to realize that your sins, once you realize it, Some people don't because they have a self-righteous attitude. But once you begin to realize that even those things that you may not even be aware of in the course of your everyday life, um, every little thing, you you can't keep up with it. Your sins are always going to outweigh your confessions. And then what? 
then what happens? You know, I had somebody else on another post, Joel, tell me I, that was my point to her was what happens if you don't confess them all? You're, you're saying that in order to be forgiven repeatedly again by God and start with another clean slate that you have to confess them all. Well, what if you don't? Well, then she came back and said, well, that doesn't mean you're not forgiven. It just means that your <laughs> fellowship will be hindered. <laughs> See, that's another false assumption. It's not in the Bible. Um, and, and so, and there again, you know, so we play these games. But what I wanted to get to here real quick, and I know we're probably running out of time, but uh, what John mentions, I would say between three and five times, three or four for sure, three or four. Um, <laughs> Pete, Pete Puma, Puma there. Pete Puma. But, but you know, in, in the second chapter of this letter, or as we know it as the second chapter, John begins to speak to believers in Christ. And there's many things that you can see as, as the language begins to change. But one of those things is I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. This is different than the people he was addressing in the first chapter. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. So you see this confession thing, there's a, there's a theme that John continues on here. Like later in the letter, I think it's in chapter 4, um, by this you know the Spirit of God that every uh, spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Again, he's referring back to some of the things he was saying in the, in the very first chapter. Uh, and we know that the Son of God has come and given us understanding that we may know him who is true. Uh, again, trying to point out Jesus really came. Once again, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And again, uh, in his next letter that he writes to somebody, he says, many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the Antichrist. So uh, there, there's a theme that, that John continues with from that first chapter, and it's not about confessing each and every individual sin. That would be a burdensome thing, which Jesus came to deliver people from, because the, the Jews under the Old Covenant, they were constantly doing this. They would confess their sins onto the animal over and over and over again, and they had this sin consciousness. Hebrews chapter 10 talks about being delivered and freed from that sin consciousness and confessing your sins over and over again to be forgiven over and over again. Um, that That's not New Covenant Christianity. Yeah, it, it just ain't in there. And um, so while it did take us to nearly the end of our one of our longest podcasts ever to get in our classic TV reference with <laughs> Pete Puma there that you mentioned, <laughs> um, uh, we uh, there, there might be a few more things to say about this, but we will continue on uh, talking about various other false assumptions uh, that people have, things that they've been taught, things that they have taken one verse, such as one First John one nine, and build a whole doctrine over it uh, regarding it. And um, so we'll be addressing some more of these false assumptions in the days to come, in the weeks to come, here on the Growing in Grace podcast, and it's all found at GrowingInGrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.